Hello, and welcome to Podcast Vito, a Big Brother podcast. I'm your host. Oh, <laughs> uh, we're going to keep this in. I'm your host, <laughs> Brendan. And joining me tonight are my brothers, Terrence. Hey, guys. And Owen. Howdy, howdy. The reason we're laughing is because Terrence literally just didn't have his microphone. I'm a professional. I was going to have it right in time. Don't you worry. <laughs> um, if you're new to the podcast, we recap, discuss, and analyze every episode of Big Brother All-Star. And with that, let's get into the recap segment of the show. Hashtag, but first. All right, guys, we got to start with Wednesday's episode. And let's start off talking about Davon. Davon made it pretty clear at the beginning of Wednesday's episode that she was trying to kind of gain the trust of both sides of the house and uh, put herself in a position to be safe no matter what happens next week. Uh, I think they started off by showing us a conversation she had with Tyler, basically asking him what his plan was in case the POV was won by Janelle or Kaser, and if he had any sort of backup plan or someone he was thinking about putting up next to her. Uh, to which he said, no, I, I haven't thought that step ahead. And then he said in the diary room, Calm down, Davon. Quit acting so shady. Yeah, stop playing so hard. But Which I took issue with because you should always be thinking two more than two steps ahead. That was, it was uh, kind of offensive to be just like, oh, you're you're playing too hard. You're you're thinking too far ahead. Yeah, I mean, one there's two things there. One, as much as I love Tyler, he's guilty of this new school Big Brother where quote unquote playing is considered a a a sin. Yes. Um, so I, I don't like that mentality. We could talk about that some other time. But two, Davon was was correct that she was kind of in their crosshairs a little bit based on Sunday's episode. So she had every reason to believe that she could be the replacement nominee if there was one. One thing that's also amazing in Big Brother is that it always comes true that whatever you're thinking will completely impact how you hear things. Mm -hmm. And Tyler was like already skeptical of her. So this perfectly reasonable conversation between alliance members just gets completely twisted because he was already suspicious. And yeah. I think if I'm Davon, I think it would have raised some red flags to me because it's like, well, obviously you're thinking at least that step ahead. Yeah. <laughs> I, I hate the H O H. Oh, haven't really thought about yeah. mentality. <laughs> it's like, what are you doing up here all day? Yeah. Memphis. I mean, honestly, I don't really care which one of y'all it is, but I would play. <laughs> like, could you be more transparent? <laughs> is does Memphis have a southern accent? Not that strong. <laughs> I was just gonna say. <laughs> Sorry. Well, is it a little bit of McConaughey? He has like a slight bit. It, that, that's what I was trying to channel there. Yeah, it is a slight bit of McConaughey. Yeah, I, I actually it. would agree with that. But it's not as cool. It was just a. It's like if McConaughey part. ended up being like a cop. <laughs> exactly <laughs> or owned a bunch of chilies <laughs> well i don't think he owns chilies because chilies is like the one good chain restaurant and like that would thank make you him, that would make him cool can we do a quick ranking chilies applebee's and uh tgi fridays um i see i don't really i don't really have a rating between applebee's and fridays because it's been a really it's been almost an eternity since i've been to either one but it's been actually an eternity since i've been to fridays so i have no memory of it the last time I remember eating at Applebee's, I had a bad experience though. I got like the the like Midwestern quesadilla burger, 
one of the worst tasting things I've ever eaten. I think I got that the last time I went, and I actually liked it. Oh, my God. It was horrendous. Well, do you have a ranking? Chilies. Yeah, but like one, two, three. <laughs> um, I I would probably <laughs> rank Hurt some feelings. one. Ooh. Yeah, because that's the one I have the most experience with. Chili's is, I mean, like, I don't even think this is an original take. It's just flat out the best chain restaurant. Uh, Chili's is, is head and shoulders above the other two. They basically force you to OD on chips and salsa, which I yes. gladly do every time. They're good chips and salsa, but I don't know if you've been there recently. You have to, like, sign up on this, like, little, like, it's iPad. It's not as good. It's, it's not as good as it used to be. It used it used to feel like a lively place. Yeah. But what I will say is uh, Applebee's, I used to say, was the worst. But I had Fridays like within the last couple of years, and it was just abysmal. So I think <laughs> Applebee's has to be number two because I, if I remember correctly, their fries are okay. I don't know. Last time I went, I was like a sophomore in high school, and me and my friends decided like it was like a snowstorm. And we decided, let's go to Applebee's. The best thing about like those, the pizza buffet. Yeah. <laughs> the best thing about those places now is that they all tried to get on the like millennial Brooklyn brewery wave, and they have these like weird menus and serve everything in like pans. <laughs> <laughs> well, not only that, but the one thing that I think could take any of these over the top is that I, I and I've never explored who has the best happy hour deals. Right. Well, Applebee's isn't that always like the like one dollar margaritas or whatever. I thought that was Fridays. I think Fridays had. Uh, a I think that's Chili's. <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure Fridays had a moment. Uh, no, they, uh, no, they do. Um, what is it? Five dollar apps? Yeah, or three dollar apps, something like that. That's their deal. Who's Fridays? Fridays. I think you're right. Okay. That Applebee's is the one for for drink deals. I think yeah. that is one thing I think about sometimes. <laughs> Go back to like 2005. Chili's was this vibrant popping place. And I have good memories of that. I went the last time I went to Chili's was 2018, I believe. Same. And there was no one there. And it was kind of depressing. Yeah, it's pretty sad. <laughs> anyway, sorry. I, I figured that was worth talking Big about. Big Brother Pod. Um, what were we talking about? Uh, Dave we, Bond we were talking being about sketchy. Yeah. And basically trying to make sure she's good at both sides. Did we talk about her trying to? Not yet. Okay. So let's talk about her conversation with Janelle and Kaser. There you go. Take it away, Terrence. Well, yeah. So her other thought process was whoever's left here, I need to be good with them. Um, and frankly, I think she was relatively good with them. I think she likes both of them. Um, but really, she just wanted to make sure that, you know, she had backup plans no matter what. And while I don't think this is a bad idea generally, but I just feel like the spotlight's on her right now. And I would be careful if I were her because. She is her and Bailey with her being probably the bigger target of the two are really are under some suspicion right now for like pick a side. Uh, what do you guys think about that? I don't I don't think Davon knows that she's under the spotlight. True. Well, she doesn't. But I mean, it's not surprising because we've actually talked about it a lot on this pod that they seem to wait too long. They rode the fence for too long. And unfortunately, that's just kind of how Big Brother works. Like you're either there's usually two alliances and then like three to four floaters. You can't be a floating alliance. And that's kind of what they had. Um, and it just becomes too obvious to people. It's it's sort of like a showmance where it's like, well, you two are always hanging out and seem to make deals together. You probably have a final two. So it usually leads to problems like this. So, I mean, I don't like to see it happening because Davon and Bailey are two people I'm rooting for, but it, it doesn't shock me that people are starting to think like, well, I guess maybe we should go after them because they probably have a final two based on the fact that they make deals 
together every time. That's a great point. And it really gets back to, it's kind of like uh, the first week of college where like you have to nail it. And because it, totally uh decides a big part of your experience from that point on i approached the first week of college like uh like ian is approaching the game works great too well so you play it super cool you're always around but you're not like getting in all the drama oh that's a good point yeah you do avoid the drama but i, I feel at the same time you need to like have a delicate balance because if you're not in that big alliance at the beginning of the game you're just waiting to get picked off but, think, but you also uh, can't game too hard in the first week because not everyone thinks you're playing exact, too hard. That's that's my point. You gotta you gotta be like the last person in the big alliance. Yeah, <laughs> I think I've talked about my college experience before, but I did that approach of like just kind of be around and be the cool guy. But the people around me were not cool, <laughs> so that sucked. You're waiting for someone to bring an alliance to you, and there's no alliance yeah. to, to have. It's yeah, it's unfortunate. So Terrence was in the cool people alliance. I floated my way into the winning alliance, and Owen was evicted night one. No, I wasn't evicted <laughs> night one. I I like self-evicted from the yeah. group of friends that were there. He self-evicted before jury. Like I think that's just co- <laughs> I think that's just college in the 2010s. Like it's not like it used to be. You just basically roll the dice of whether you're on a cool floor or not. <laughs> I mean, that really is a big part of it, but. And that gets to the luck of Big Brother. Wow. Big Brother <laughs> is college. Next topic. <laughs> Next topic. So we got to see Danny uh, spinning her webs uh, in Wednesday's episode and basically confirmed everything we've suspected. She is playing every side of the house and she seems to be sort of running the main side of the house, which is Tyler's Alliance, the cool people alliance. Yeah. <laughs> um, but she's playing pretty fast and loose with it. So I don't remember all the specifics because it was everyone. I think Terrence has it written down. But basically, she goes to one person, like Tyler, says, you're my ride or die. We're going to the end. And you know who I think is sketchy? Nicole Franzel. Then she goes to Nicole Franzel and says, you're my ride or die. We're going to the end. If Tyler's around, we're screwed. And she was doing that with everyone in her alliance. Uh, I don't think that's going to work. <laughs> you know, it just occurred to me right now. She is currently playing Paul's game. Because that's sort what Paul of. did with everyone. But everyone was stupid when Paul played. Well, yeah, but that doesn't change the style. Yeah, she, she's yeah. telling everyone, like, I should be your number one, basically. Right. But what I think might be a little bit different for her is he did it from a positive angle like so much of his uh, friendship yeah i mean as as annoying and goofy as that was it totally worked on people and like people gravitate towards that positivity at some point everything for her is like oh this this person's uh, a threat we need to get them out you know they're sketchy this that and everything um I think that might catch up to her. And when it does, it's going to be a bit more punishing towards her because people just don't like the energy in the house. Um, but it was funny watching basically every person. Enzo was another one. Uh, Bailey and Davon were other ones where you basically see her having these like fun interactions with them. And then the next scene, she just completely turns it. And what I found really interesting was in the, the DR, I can't tell who's her, who is her number one. 
because she doesn't really have anything overly great to say about any of them. I think it's Franzel. I think it is too, based on what I said, I think it was last episode about how I just always see them talking when it comes to live feed stuff. But isn't that, is is that what Paul also acted like? Or am I mixing him up with someone else where it was kind of like a, I don't really like any of these people that much mentality. And I know Dr. Will was also like that, but that's not who I'm thinking of. I think there is a line in the sand between Paul's first season and the second season. His first season was more of the positivity, the friendship. Second season, he did he not. He came in cutting throats. Yeah. That well, was his Dr. Will season. Yeah. <laughs> the I'm I'm better than you and there's nothing you can do about yeah. it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I think it is a strategy that has proven to give you the chance, a pretty good chance of making it far, but you can't win. You can't win like I this. I think if Danny is in the final two chair, she wins this season. If she's in the final two Ooh. chair with Nicole, she wins. Yes. I, agree. If, I don't know I think if that's if, unanimous. I don't know if that's like across the board, though. I think she beat Nicole just because Nicole won and no one likes sure. Nicole. Sure, but like, I mean, who are other potential people, I guess, is what I'm saying. I don't think she would win against pretty much anyone except for Nicole and maybe Ian if they talk themselves into that because I'm assuming that most of her alliance will make it into jury and they're going to start comparing notes. No, but they will compare notes. But I think Danny has legacy going for her in the way of like she's gotten so close so many times like it's her time and people I don't think they'll outright hate her there will also be the uh the woman aspect of it depending on how many girls actually make it potentially at this point good point but the thing is yeah i mean sure things like that could factor in but all it takes this is this is i think a little bit more aggressive than paul paul was just like i'm your guy at least that first season and everyone was like he's my guy but this is I'm going to deliberately go from one person telling them they're my ride or die to immediately going and telling another person in the same alliance that like they're my ride or die and that the person I just told was my ride or die has to go. Yeah, it's more insidious, I would say, than what Paul was doing. And it's easier to compare. Oh, yeah. So two thoughts before we move on. We'll talk later in this episode about two separate instances of her using these methods and at least the one we know didn't get back to her. So it's working. It is causing trouble. And somehow she's kind of, you know, skating by. And we'll see what happens with the second one. And two, could there be any merit to doing this until you get to like maybe a jury level of the house? And you say, okay, I did this to all the people that are gone and don't affect my game. Meanwhile, I fostered the relationships with people who are here. And all of a sudden her game takes on a different shape. I think there's a real strategy to that. One thing I want to say, as I'm getting just deeper and deeper into Big Brother Twitter and the live feeds and stuff. Big week for that. Yeah. Oh, my God. I I was up till like 2 a.m. one night. (laughs) I spoiled everything for myself, but it was worth it. Um, Hard not to. But uh, one thing I've learned is that everyone in the house actually does talk about everything it just depends on what sticks because there are people I swear I've seen like Tyler and Cody talk about how Danny is controlling everything and Danny is like the biggest star. So it's not like this is going unnoticed. That's also the okay. type of, type of thing they sprinkle in later on. Yeah. They might show us something like 
two weeks ago. Or well, yeah, they sprinkle it in when <laughs> Cody and Tyler decide they want to do something about it. So um, that's a good point. But also, I think my take is on the right side of history because Evil Dick, her own father, <laughs> tweeted. Uh, someone tweeted basically. Well, you know, I've always loved Danny, but I really don't like the way she's playing this year. He quoted me and said, I love Danny too, but I can't support the way she's playing this game this year. <laughs> Not the people she's lined up with. So that is respecting the biz. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, this has been. I'm not going to lie. This has been a dark week for me. Just big brother wise. Or yes. <laughs> we, we can talk off air <laughs> and uh, it maybe even affected my personal life more than I wanted it to <laughs> because <laughs> knowing that it uh, getting word that Janelle and Kaser were going up and then seeing oh Cody won the veto which we'll get to um, just seeing all of those events line up. It's like this game that I love is dying. I was right talking. <laughs> first of all, the game, the way the game used to be played died a long time ago. And we've, I personally I think, have come to terms with it. I think BB 20 was a small glimpse of there's hope here and it's gone. I, I mean, they, they ruthlessly backdoored Brett. That's, that's classic BB right there. Yes, True. I mean, you still get sprinklings of old school BB, but I can accept the new Big Brother because I do really love the game, and in some ways, it had to evolve because the way the just go in and beat each other up approach just can't. It's not sustainable. It wasn't completely beat each other up though. It was more. It was one more openly competitive, and two people just didn't like take offense to things that were going on within the game. It wasn't passive aggressive. It was just aggressive. Owen's going to write. I think that's a big part of it. Owen's going to write like an op-ed in the New York Times. Millennials killing Big Brother. Well, <laughs> yes, they did. <laughs> yeah, they, they did, unfortunately. Um, so let's get into the POV. Uh, basically, so the people who got picked to play in the POV were obviously Tyler, Janelle, Kaser, and then Bailey, Memphis, and Cody. And Janelle at least uh, hoped that Bailey would be playing for her, and and they spoke about it beforehand. Um, it was just the easiest power of veto competition ever, and the only person who realized that it was the easiest competition ever was Cody, who won. Uh, and basically, uh, the big controversy coming out of this POV was his, a lot of people thought that Memphis threw it, despite the fact that he said that he hates losing to younger men. <laughs> it's inexcusable. I think he said it while wearing that stupid sleeveless denim biker jacket thing he has. He's like, I hate it. I, I actually love the moments in Big Brother where everyone thinks like a competition is being thrown and then it cuts to their diary room of them being like, Yeah, no, I was trying. Just like <laughs> I wasn't good at it. <laughs> yeah. Um, by the way, did we we I don't think we ever figured this out because when I heard it, I like lost my mind. Uh, the four person part of the commission is the committee. Yes. Yeah. And I've been telling you guys this the whole time that it wasn't <laughs> called the commission. <laughs> well, I mean, they, they never showed us that. I know, but you guys just didn't believe me. Well, apparently we missed it because my wife was like, yeah, you guys are morons and just missed that. <laughs> like, okay. I guess we missed it. <laughs> We've been out here for weeks now. I wonder what like, it's called. The, the commission. <laughs> Anybody at home playing the podcast of veto drinking game? Terrence just said Drink my up. wife. Again. <laughs> the funny thing is, is I think this season we've been better than ever at actually 
remembering what happened in the show. Most seasons will go off on these tangents and then you'll be like, yeah, my well now wife <laughs> was like, yeah, you guys like talked about something for 20 minutes that was completely wrong, <laughs> which I think is part of the charm of podcast of Vito. But, uh, you know, I mean, you, you commission the committee, things get lost in the weeds. Yeah. Well, part of the charm of podcast of Vito is that Cody, I don't think he's much of a comp beast at all. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> Bad take on our part. <laughs> Who did he say that about? We, no, we said that about Cody. Oh, well, you guys did. I, we were, I had no take. Oh, you can't disavow. You were right there with us. I didn't watch his season. Look, I mean, David had some logic that didn't make the live show that if you're associated with a liar, you're a liar, too. So, Brendan, join us. You guys said Cody <laughs> wasn't a comp beast, and I said nothing. Love it. <laughs> um, <laughs> that j- <laughs> oh, man. Um, so... All of our favorite people lost in the first round, which was one of the more pathetic showings I've ever seen. Not a good look for Janelle, Comp Beast. Um, It hurt. It really hurt. I mean, it's unfortunate because I had mentioned episode one that BB-14, it seemed like Janelle kind of lost her fastball. And I thought it might be back. But at this point, it's been 15 years since she was a Comp Beast. You know, it was funny. You were saying how you had a dark week. So... Uh, just a little behind the scenes. Technically speaking, Terrence and I are millennials and Owen is a Zoomer and his Doomer <laughs> uh, generation was showing because I was talking to him like at breakfast one day or like around like breakfast time. And I was like, oh man, I don't know. Maybe, uh, you know, one of them will go win the POV and and everything will be be good. And I was just like, no, man, it's all over. It's all over, man. I've been reading the, the Twitter. I've been on Twitter and it's all over. How <laughs> uh, did I miss that? I just That's remember awesome. that. It was like he was going to work and I was like getting a drink of water and I was like, well, I don't know. I'll shucks you. Janelle, she used to win a lot. <laughs> no, man, I've been reading. I've been reading on Twitter. It's over. <laughs> oh god that's too good um all right so we, we've gotten off the rails on every topic so far so let's move on to perfect episode right yeah post pov tyler considers putting memphis up because of the way he acted in the power of veto competition and i i mean i think it's pretty clear that memphis's alliance doesn't trust him which duh like we knew that was coming they, they obviously weren't going to make him the immediate target uh because there's just no reason to but after the stunt he pulled his HOH, I gave him an F. Uh, yeah. There was a reason for that. He doesn't have a lot longer. You know, for example, if, if someone like him were to win HOH tonight, um, I think he'd probably go right after his alliance. Uh, oh, I could totally see that. I, I like could totally see him being like, I got to go after Tyler or something like that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, behind the scenes. Cut this. Uh, Brendan just mentioned that we graded Memphis's HOH last week, so now we're adding armchair HOH to the rundown. Oh, <laughs> I thought I was like losing my privileges of running through the outline. <laughs> uh, I'm not cutting this, by the way. I'm a fan of leaving in some of the you gotta leave the, the wires, scars, the, flubs, the wires. Yeah. yeah. Um. But uh, but yeah, Tyler, considering Memphis. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you can't can't blame him. Um. And, you know, I think he also was sort of being 
at least a little bit influenced by some of the campaigning that like Janelle was doing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Danny, and Danny, um, and you know, with Janelle, I think she had a really uh, interesting point that seemed to appeal to him. That you know, if I'm gone, all of a sudden you are one of, if not the biggest target, and I think that that's a great point on Janelle's part because. That's the way you got to speak to a competitor because I mean he has no doubts in his abilities, and what what's the biggest threat to him? It's it's just like you know more eyes on him. So I think that's a really strong point on her her part. The my problem with this conversation being obviously they had to use it for the show because it makes suspense. This is exactly what I'm talking about. Of everything gets talked about, what's going to stick? This had no legs after the initial conversation. Yeah. Are you about to be one of those guys who's like, I don't even watch the live show. I just do the feeds. No. Because it's spun. Oh, like there the are media, people who do that? Like propaganda, yeah. But the thing is, is that it, unfortunately, it gets spun too badly in some ways, um, whether it's showing someone off too well or uh, too bad in some instances. Well, I would say that you're not getting the full experience watching a show because David's edit is far too kind. Oh my God. David's edit is <laughs> the worst player in Perfect Big Brother time. history. Perfect time to bring up the fact that I spent like 35 minutes making a meme about David and Janelle based off of the live feeds and they didn't show it in Wednesday or Thursday's episode. So throw it, all, all, throw it out right now. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't think it, anyone would get it. <laughs> um, but it was, I mean, it was a good meme. I mean, David, they gave him his section. I, I don't know if we just want to jump to it right now or where. Yeah. Oh, wait. No, it's that's Thursday. But regardless, they gave him his section. Nowhere near bad enough. We'll get to it. <laughs> Put that on the back burner. Um, so let's move on to Jim Janelle. Uh, Janelle. <laughs> uh, campaigning with Cody to use the veto on her. Um what was her sell? Was it I'll vote with you for the next two weeks? It was I'll vote with you with two weeks for two weeks, which I thought was kind of weak because everyone just votes together in the beginning. Uh, and then the pitch that she was giving to basically everyone like I'm the biggest target and I can't win comps. So she was now it went from I'm the biggest target and I'm a comp beast to this week. She changed the marketing a little bit to I'm the biggest target and I can't win comps. Yes. But like <laughs> uh, she's also. I'm sure she has her ego thinking she could win one if she needed to. Oh, yeah. But at the same time, she's self-aware enough to know she's not winning comps. She hasn't won comps in 15 years. But it was funny because it just seemed like it seemed like the type of thing that anyone hearing it would be like, it sounds like Janelle's marketing department got in her Because <laughs> she was like, yeah. well, and silly old me, I can't win comps. Yeah. And, you know, part of what you're talking about, it hasn't been in 15 years. I don't remember the specifics of season six and seven that much, but I feel like she kind of bulldozed her way through those seasons by winning competitions, Mm -hmm. not necessarily by making the most savvy uh, social plays. And I think we kind of see that in this, in this house and maybe even a little bit in 14 where like her ego and kind of just like myopia about her, her status and like her skill at this game kind of hindered her a little in bit. In 14, she went out because Danielle, not this Danielle, Dan's Danielle from that season. Oh, classic, classic house. Dan's for, Danielle. Yes, not for, this Danny. First uh, opportunity <laughs> that the coaches could go on the block. She thought that Janelle was going after like the Captain America looking dude that she was dating. 
So oh, she put God, her off his name. Yeah, I, is it I don't, I don't remember his name. Oh, but no, I, can I can picture him, him right now. Mm, it's gonna kill me. Was his name Dan? His name was not Dan. It was like no, actually, Don Shane. 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 It was Shane. There, there you go. go. Proud of myself there. Did we Good talk recall. about uh, uh, Mama Christmas? <laughs> See, I knew Terrence was going to bring this up. I skipped it for time reasons. Yeah, but. no, I knew you would because we also got to talk about um, Janelle's 3.6% <laughs> acid. Oh, yeah. That was pretty funny. Vampire that was pretty funny. Um, <laughs> Ian's just having a great showing this season because he's he growing seems, on me. Everyone seems to like him because he's always just like hanging around and then making funny quips. I'm loving it. <laughs> the, her misunderstanding of the pH scale was incredible. I'm, I'm watching it and she says, yeah, it's 3.6 pH. And I go, oh my God, that's really acidic. He goes, oh my God, that's really acidic. <laughs> it was like, yeah, so one would be pure acid and that's a 3.6. She was like, no, like 3.6%. No. <laughs> it was perfect. It's probably the type of thing that you're supposed to dilute, I would assume. Absolutely. <laughs> She's like, okay, so I should take this off. Yeah, like face. it actually kind of hurts. <laughs> Yikes. Um, yeah, but um, Ian stealthily I, I mean, like I said today, I think he's going to win right now. He has a real shot. The only thing is that he needs to be up against like Nicole at the end uh, because he has one. But I mean, he's playing a perfect game right now. I think it's going to come down to someone like him or Danny who's going to get to the end by playing like a behind the scenes type game and like a, a smart game. And then someone like Cody or Tyler who's going to have the resume. I think yes. Ian is the only candidate now obviously and even in the future to ever win this game twice are you calling that no i'm i'm saying he's the only candidate because the only other person would have been dan and clearly that didn't happen because ian beat him um ian doesn't offend anyone so i think that could if he made it to those final two chairs, then I think our brains would like explode if Ian was the only two time winner. Oh, that'd be that'd be difficult. You guys didn't like him when he won. I didn't watch the season. I've liked him so far. He he's grown on me. I gotta say, yeah, I, and you can agree that he's playing a good game so far. Absolutely, we've we've talked Without about season after season that the probably the best move going into the Big Brother house is just being cool with everyone and laying low for five weeks and then you got to hit your yeah. stride. Absolutely. That is a tough strategy though because you do then have to start winning because you need to build a resume. We always talk about the middle of the game. You got to flip, uh, flip that switch. It's also a tough strategy for him being a winner because his name has been thrown out plenty of times. Right. Um, Yo, so I, we'll, I we'll see if we'll see if he can make it to that five weeks. I don't trust him, bro. I, I like the kid, but I don't <laughs> trust him, bro. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, and like shout out Casey, former winner. She basically did nothing for like five weeks and then just won every competition on the way out. She did nothing for like eight to nine weeks. But then she won everything, so her resume looked fine. She kind of didn't talk like the entire season. Let's go. (laughs) Pretty much. (laughs) Um, And Cody didn't use the POV. Shocker. Shocker. You know, every week it's like, God damn, fool me once, uh, big brother. Except for the fact that it's every week of basically the past 20 years of my life uh, on the Wednesday episode, I get convinced that they're going to use the POV on someone I like. And then on the eviction episode, I get convinced that the vote's going to flip. <laughs> I'm so jaded. I never think it's going to be well, anything. But yeah. The obvious. I mean like, yeah, but at the same time, I'm like, you know what? I think it's actually going to be one of those actually, weeks where they do. But, but this episode tonight actually, it got me. Oh, they fooled us for a minute. We got so excited. 
So let's get into Thursday's episode. So we start out Thursday's episode with Tyler sort of, he goes up to Janelle and basically says, you know, I'm sorry for putting you on the block. And then he says in the diary room that he thinks he might've made a mistake going after Janelle and Kaser. Um, You know, we've talked about how, at least I know I've said personally that I think it was justifiable to go after Janelle and Kaser because his understanding of things was that they threw his name out there, which that is kind of like, okay, I'm putting you up with cause. Uh, but if you think about it a little bit further, you know, Janelle and Kaser didn't have a lot of much of a foothold in the house and like that you're really not getting out anyone who's going to affect your game that much, at least as it currently stands. Uh, maybe he should have thought it through a little bit more. And it seems to be the case that Tyler realized that. And there's more to it than that. It, he realized that because, because of uh, something. Her pitch? Well, her pitch Her pitch actually had an effect. It I was the say. pitch, but I felt like in this episode, he explained a reason. Oh, well, perfect segue. Even though I like lost my train of thought while segueing into the Devon gate. Because that's sort of what I think was the impetus for Tyler being like, I made a huge mistake. Okay. Oh, that's I, a good point. I have a point before getting into that. That's I think things. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm confused already. But we call it David Gate first. Oh, I thought I thought we were calling it Oh yeah, it is David Gate. Okay, David Gate, take a back seat. Tyler realizing that going after Janelle and Casey probably wasn't best for his game. Maybe he should have thrown this HOH. Yeah. This is very clearly he just had an HOH week that he should not have had. He told myself I'd never throw a comp, even though I know I shouldn't. Come on, Tyler. yeah, it's unfortunate. He, it, that's a great point. The more we talk about it, these first two HOHs are not really very advantageous, uh, especially fine. in an All Star season. Cody I, is I fine, think though. I think it can work in a in a normie season. Yes, but All Star, it's clearly not working. So. Let's get let's get back on track here. So I think the reason that Tyler was really questioning his decision making was because of David Gate, which Terrence, I'm going to turn it over to you. I, I'm going to need your help too. We're going to turn it over this, to Owen. This is very <laughs> it's very convoluted and confusing. But essentially, Tyler said to David at some point. I'm guessing after last week's eviction. Yeah, that Davon was involved in trying to flip the vote to get David out and keep Nicole. Which let's just stop right there. Level set. That didn't happen, right? I thought you were no. gonna say level six. That did not happen, but also David not on the show was also saying that Janelle told him this, and Janelle told him that like Davon didn't trust him or something. So then there was all this drama between Janelle and Kaser's campaigning and David going to them. Or no, them going to David and then David just speaking nonsense to them. So Th- that's this how has it got do, entangled? This has to do with the this edit for David, too kind. Because it was just complete and utter nonsense whenever he talked to them to the point that Janelle and Kaser would just like go off in the other room and it's like he's launched. He's going crazy. And then what <laughs> the show actually showed us was him talking to Bailey about how why doesn't Davon trust me? Why did she want to flip the vote? Bailey being like, that didn't happen. Then they all get in a room and talk. David says, Tyler and Cody told me you were trying to flip the vote. And 
then there was this whole thing that they didn't show about how, okay, now fact-checking needs to be done. So Davon actually went to, like, Tyler and Cody and was like, did you tell David this? Um, and then I think that was probably more likely the impetus for David and Tyler's talk because Tyler played it off in the diary room. Like, I saw them whispering, so I had <laughs> to talk to them. It's like that people don't think like that. Yeah. Uh, that was a great summary, and I have a question. I'm and, so um, confused. David Gate 101 for Professor Owen. Um, so there, the only bit of truth maybe was that Davon told Janelle she didn't quite trust David because that sounds accurate, but she did not try to flip the boat. But Davon was genuine, in, and she said it on this episode with she only expressed a little bit of distrust in David because she basically tried to form an alliance with David and he was just like, well, I'm working on things. So Shut it down. No. Yeah. That. And also Devon and Bailey told the truth of like, yeah, we considered our options, but the way it was framed is Devon is trying to lead the flip. And that was not the case. Correct. Okay. So that's an important distinction. The second, and I thought for some reason, because it's, a, this is really convoluted. Yeah. I thought that this kind of had Danny's fingertips all over it at the beginning. Is that true or not? Well, I think it only does from the fact that Danny told Tyler that Devon was. So so it kind of does. It kind of does. From her. Yeah. So that's crazy. <laughs> and she escaped the stink. Yes. yes. That's well, incredible. So the thing that I was a little bit confused, I wrote a joke in my notes app to say on the podcast and then literally did not know what was going on during this whole part of the show, <laughs> um, which uh, I mean, I'll just say the joke now. Verbal meme, uh, David posting on the am I the asshole Reddit. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Um, but uh, no, I was going to ask Cody. So David goes. So I heard that David or that Davon was putting my name out there and Cody was just like, yeah. So like, what was the significant significance of that? Like, did Cody and Tyler have an agreement well, to like try and like confuse things? No, I don't think so. I think the way I saw that conversation, <laughs> it looked like Cody wasn't engaged at all. Yeah, he was just like, oh True. yeah. Um, <laughs> so I I took that as like him just kind of moving things along, like yeah. not even listening. Or, or he could also just be like, I'm going to say yes here and see where this goes because like this is something new. Or to me. he had heard that was the case. Which is possible. Yeah, either or. Um, and then last thing I want to say on this is there was a Davon and Janelle conversation where Janelle was like, I'm really sorry that like you're tied up with him because like you're going to have to get him on a leash or something. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that one too. Uh, I think the moral of the story here is um, the telephone method might have been the best way to approach this. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Just ask Memphis because he somehow stayed out of this. Yeah. But um, – he it was, was just chomping on Tostitos in the kitchen. Yeah. And we talked about how David didn't get the edit that we thought he deserved. Still wasn't kind to him. I mean, he he was basically just like, yeah, it turns out I'm I'm bad at the game. And, and I was like, like yeah. you wanted to cry. <laughs> that was, I've never seen that on Big Brother. And we did talk about how when we, for the first episode, we were like, you know, like, it's cool having David in there. We thought he could be good at it, but like, it is also kind of weird because this is a season of all stars and he was evicted night one. Um, but I've never seen anything like that where basically the whole house was just like, 
bad, David. We are all good players and you just ruined all of our games. <laughs> it's like they, they just, on the carpet. They just told him that like everyone's like, do you blow up your game? Yep. Yeah. Worst player ever. Uh, our mother said something actually quite funny of mother. Uh, she said, yeah, he was clearly like, oh, maybe he got a raw deal. Maybe he is good, but it turns out he just couldn't get out of the room. <laughs> It's perfect. Yeah, that was that. That was the comp, right? Yeah. Well, he, I mean, he got beaten out by Cliff Hawk. Yeah. So think about and it that way. Jessica. Oh, hold on, Julie. <laughs> <laughs> but what's amazing about David, and you know, I'm actually going to apply some of this stink to Nicole from last week. The, the last two weeks, we saw players who were not just run of the mill bad. We saw players that were so bad at Big Brother that they destroyed other people's games. They weren't just floaters that didn't do a whole lot and were along for the ride. They were so bad that the stink of their game rubbed off on people and got those people evicted. Josh. No, but Josh won. It was a Josh won. But he was so bad, he was good. <laughs> yeah, so I'm not going to quite say they were good, but yeah, they did end up with people going out as a result. Um, I don't know if it was in relation to anything else because the BB21 cast makes far too many unfortunate headlines. But Kemi tweeted, if anyone asks, I was on BB20. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Um, and one last thing about David, and he he brought this up, and this is something we alluded to. I think I might have brought it up in one of the episodes last week. Um, he His goal for going to the house was such a good – is such a good goal. And he's only thinking about the big picture of that, the high level of it, without thinking yes. about how he's going to accomplish it. And he basically said that. I got distracted, and I'm not – thinking on a day-to-day basis of how to get through this game and Seems it was like he put too much pressure on himself too kind of yeah me, yeah th- that's a great point so it's it's unfortunate in that regard and i mean he's not out but he has such a stink on him i can't see how anyone's going to align with him for him to stay around i well, think uh one thing in big brother in order to make it through it you can't let your brain be 100 percent game it has to be like 70% normal person, 30% game. Absolutely. Uh, and that's interesting what you said, Terrence, because Davon sort of indicated initially that that's sort of how she was operating too. And Nicole A said to her, like, I really respect that, but you also have to think about your game. And that seemed to register with her where she's like, well, yeah, I, I do also have to play the game the correct way. Correct. <laughs> um, so bad showing for David, uh, a very confusing segment, but a very entertaining one. And, and like I said, I've never seen anything like that before where, I mean, like everyone, I mean, Tyler was flat out just like, dude, you ruined my entire game. I saw a conversation between Tyler and Danny where they were just saying, David might be the worst player ever. Yeah. <laughs> and then there was the Tyler and Cody talk too. Yeah. Basically just, you know, he said that bro. Yeah. <laughs> just relaying the nonsense. <laughs> and I want to say, you said that was a confusing segment. I don't want to put that on us. It was just confusing no. as David is. Oh, I'm saying the show's segment. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but wild, wild stuff. Um, so then we also saw Janelle campaigning to stay in the house with everyone. She was trying to, to curry votes. Her An her old favor. school campaign. She really Very went for school. it. You know, I was thinking like there's like the big brother de- decision making tree and it's like things aren't going well campaign and then like i just picture like josh with like an arrow point to like bang pots because <laughs> i was watching it with our parents the other night last night's episode and our dad just goes uh 
you might want to start just banging some pots in the house. <laughs> <laughs> that might be more effective at this point. Yeah, I know, right? It really <laughs> like, if for, for some reason, it just like gets in everyone under everyone's skin. Uh, and I think the more the most notable campaign move uh, that she made was she um, she basically promised Cody she she was going to give him her wedding band as collateral to keep her in the house and then that she would not target him for like two weeks, two, three weeks, something yeah. like that. Um, old school. Yeah. OS baby. I, I mean, I'm a broken record with this stuff, but yeah. it's been years since I've seen the collateral put up. Oh, yeah. Th- that went out of style a long time ago. I don't even really remember that being a thing. I think it's silly. Uh, I, I don't know what Dan. What am I going to do? Used, sell your ring? No, no. Dan used collateral in the funeral, and I think he he sacrificed it. Was that um, the Bible that he gave up or like he read a passage? He did read a passage, and I believe he gave some item of his. Just what, what an all time manipulative move. Yeah. Uh, unbelievable. I, it probably is just that when I was 11, I was like, what's collateral? And now it's like, <laughs> oh, yeah, mortgages. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, and it didn't seem to work. But Caser, uh, he wasn't really trying to campaign much, but he was sort of trying to build bridges for down the line. Um, so we saw a conversation he had with, I believe, Christmas. Um where she basically told him, like, you've got the votes, and he was just trying to play it super cool to set himself up to maybe go a little further. For a long game, yep. Uh, which will be interesting to see because Cody said during uh, the Slick Six meeting that his understanding was that they would just take them out week after week. So, you know, get Janelle out this week, and then next week we'll take out Cody Kaser. continuing to be my favorite and most exciting player. <laughs> the thing with Cody is, like, He's definitely not someone you root for, but I think he's playing pretty well right now. He is. It's undeniable. Um, he's not my favorite, but, but he is. Undeniable? <laughs> not quite. <laughs> <laughs> um, and in the end, it didn't work out. Janelle, our queen, got evicted from the Big Brother house with a notable wrinkle. Danny, who was the first up, voted to keep Janelle. And then I think one vote later, or two votes later, the Meow Meow voted to keep Janelle, which we've seen him do that. And I, I have a theory that it's just he throws out the vote for Pop Dukes. Oh, he might. Yeah. <laughs> now, so far, he's okay, voted against the I house. actually saw a Rockstar tweet. I think it might be Pop Dukes's birthday because she tweeted voting out Janelle on your father's birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, that's old school. I, I, I brought it up and I've I've talked about it on the pod, but I still every once in a while just think back to night one and start laughing when Julie asks everyone, what are two two words going through your mind as you're about to head back into the Big Brother house? And they all were like competitive, uh, you know, yay, win. And then uh the Meow 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 was just Pop Dukes. And she, and she did not know how to react. It's like, well, uh, okay, what? Yeah, Papa perfect. Dukes, you know, shout out. <laughs> um, and we have some theories on this. Uh, we think this is Danny's work, right? Yeah. So I, the only thing we're going on here is I looked at some like fan accounts and like people talking about the feeds, and it seems like Danny had the idea of I don't know if this was in concert with Enzo or if he acted on his own of 
basically um, framing these votes on Bailey and Devon, who were sort of coming into uh, everyone's view as like maybe some of the next targets. Uh, they were easy targets because, like you said earlier, they're one of those like kind of uh, offshoot or one of those obvious alliances that everyone knows about. Um, and Danny does not want them around, it seems. So interesting move on her part if that's what she was trying to do. Uh, we talked about how she's sort of skating by with all these little seeds she's planting and escaping the stink. This one might be more obvious. I don't know. I also, I could really see Dave on reading this perfectly and just calling out Danny like immediately. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, this is the type of move that could lead to a blow up, especially since, uh, Devon and Bailey, we've seen them both blow up in the past, so <laughs> it's possible. Yeah. I mean, and, Davon has always proven to be someone who's pretty wise to things going on like behind the scenes. So I could see her just reading it perfectly and just immediately calling her out in front of the slick six, which could lead to some serious problems for Danny's game much sooner than I think we would necessarily have predicted. Yeah, it's a really hard play really early, and I just don't think she needed it enough. I don't agree with the play, quite frankly. I mean, yeah. As it currently stands, like Tyler said that he wanted Slick Six to work. Um, and, you know, if David didn't mess it up too much, um, I think that they could have just gone strong for a little while. There's no reason to blow it up this early. For sure. There might be a chance, and Owen, I'm guessing you saw something along these lines with the live feed um, accounts. She's very obsessed with, like, Janelle being the queen, and now she wants to take down the queen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she considers that to have been her move. She probably wants to do it with style. It appeals to her ego. Like, oh, not only did I take down the queen, but then I framed this on those two. It might just be overplaying for for her ego's sake. Well, now this is almost me talking myself into Danielle's game because this is an old school move. New school does not pull this crap. It's too no, it, it is old school. You're right. It's too and reckless. It is too reckless if we're trying to like actually break it down but this is she thinks she's one of the cool kids here and she's not she has that edge to her mm-hmm. and she let it get to her and it was probably a bad move when did these become known as hinky votes i mean you tell me <laughs> it, it, you heard call, julie calling them that, yeah right? wasn't uh Hinky, the 76ers GM during the process. It's the first thing I thought of, but I was like, what would he be voting on? So I don't think that's it. <laughs> All right. So we don't know what a Hinky <laughs> moving <vote> on. Is. <laughs> but let's get into some goodbye messages for Janelle. Unfortunately, Janelle. We aren't only saying goodbye to you, but to the show we knew and loved. I didn't want to believe it after Josh won because people got their feelings hurt, but I'm afraid we're losing much more than our queen. Janelle, it's me, Memphis. I'm not sorry to see you go because the only thing I hate more than losing to a younger man is losing to a woman.
put on her cocktail dress and she heard her name walked out to the land of the COVID blues but don't know who's to blame oh Julie Chen won't you please fill me in yeah that was a first class exit now she's blue as a girl can be because she trusted in Memphis sitting in her seat ten feet from Chen trusted in Memphis but do we really think Kaser can win alright let's do a quick love and showmance a, a twofer we had a love and showmance on Monday's episode and we've got one on Friday's episode once again just shout out Janelle and Kaser they're the best uh, I know Owen and I talked about off the pod we saw a quote from the live feeds that legitimately, apparently it actually made Owen tear up, but it like... No, not like literally, but I was emoting. Uh, yeah, while, it hit me so hard. It was a quote, I believe it was Kaser to Devon um, saying, you know, he, I think it was like me and me and that woman, we've played together every time we've been in this house and that bond is special. And it comes to an end this week. And I I saw that and like my big brother brain just exploded. This, so this sad. is, this is so what sad. I was talking about. Like dark week up till like 2 a.m. reading live feed stuff. Like that's what I was reading over, man. in the dark of my room. And it was like, oh, my God, that's like actually getting to me. nothing good can last. <laughs> yeah, what amazed me. And I think they said this on the Wednesday episode. Um Keisha has been on the block with Janelle four times in three seasons. It's That's insane. incredible. And, you know, we, we don't need to reiterate all the different you know things they showed or things they were talking about or whatever. But we were talking about how, why do we remember Keisha so much if he was out so early in those first couple seasons? It became obvious that his association with Janelle was part of that. But he mentioned in one of the live feed accounts that you said, uh, Owen, he was in an endurance comp for 13 hours. I said on episode one, I remembered a competition of him and a button. And it was that it more was that David Slander coming up. Yes. More David Slander because David kept talking about Kaser approached him like, oh, we should work together if she goes home. And that's where David did like the you're associated with a liar. So you must be a liar. Kaser was like clearly irritated by that response. And I mean, it's offensive to say. <laughs> yeah, I know. And then David also said things about how, like, I trusted people and then got burned. He might have been talking about Devon in that instance. I had no idea what he was talking about. Who knows? And then Kaser was like, you want to know what getting burned is like? (laughs) Kaser had been voted back into the house. He said he got, like, 86% of America's vote. Did this button competition where it was quite literally, like, you stood in a booth and had to keep your finger on a button which i remember yeah and it lasted 13 hours and he made a deal with the girl who ended up winning it she did the whole begging like i just want to see my family thing you won't go up and he let go of the button got put on the block that week and evicted (laughs) that's unbelievable he knows real pain yeah that's the classic like walking uh, back and forth to school, uphill both ways, yeah. but it's true. <laughs> da- David talking about like, oh, I trusted people who apparently I totally could have trusted, but I didn't think I could trust, so now they hate me. 
and like Kaser has that response. I trusted people and I'm still in the house. <laughs> like, yeah. what, what, what's your deal? Also, the like you you were friends with a liar, so you must, must be a liar. Would I mean like I would that would make me like very mad. <laughs> we we have all season, uh, hopefully not much longer to crap on David, but yeah, uh, yeah, that was Janelle and Kaser. Uh, we'll miss you, Janelle. Yeah. I, do you think she comes back for another season at any point? I think this is it. I think, I think this it. is it. I mean, Kaser said it himself. It was a great run. Um, I'm still rooting for Kaser, obviously. I don't really think he can get much going. I did predict him to win, so like my bet's still alive, but I wanted Janelle to stay. I love, yeah. I love them both, but Janelle's like one of my favorite Big Brother players of all time. Um, so let's get into Armchair HOH, the segment where we grade this past week's HOH. Anyone like to start? Uh, I'll start. Um, I'm going to give Tyler a B. I don't necessarily agree with what he did, but I think you said it, Brendan. I understand why he did. Uh, based on who he was aligned with, it was the obvious play. If he did anything else, it would have been almost weird. Um, and he got out who he originally set out to get out. Was that maybe hit the best move for him? Eh, I don't know. That's why I don't give him I'm an gonna, A. I'm going to piggyback on this B. Me too. Because... This could look really bad retrospectively. Yes. It's very um, middle of the road. And if someone comes after him in the next three weeks, this HOH becomes like a C minus. Yeah. It's the type of HOH where it's like, did you make a great move for your game? No. Okay. So we're going to lower your score a little bit. Did you absolutely destroy your game? Well, we don't know yet, but it like not obviously. Probably not, but. We can also count his trust in David this week as a negative. The trust in David. Yeah. And the trust in David proceeds this week. So I'm not really like including it in his grade because that we, I mean, we talked about it last week on the pod. Like he seems to be close with David. Um, so I don't think that really like affected his. You can't predict that someone's going to do something that unexpected. Well, yeah, no, but it, it happened as HOH week. I count it. I, I'm not counting that against Tyler. No, I, I could see it both ways, but one thing I will say, and I'll be interested to see if he rebounds to his normal um, disposition, but I think in a very negative way, there was some effects on his personality this week that were very un-Tyler-like. Um, even, even with someone like David making that dumb of a move, if if Tyler's not as like paranoid and stressed out, I don't think he loses his cool to that extent. I kind of liked that he lost his cool on David. Me it, too, it, but it, it just like, speaks to where he's at. Yeah, it was also it was just a lose your cool situation. Like, how could you be so stupid? It's uh, Uncle Billy losing the money. <laughs> My- <laughs> One of us is going to jail and it's not going to be me. Uh, I checked the rooms. I checked. <laughs> um, My take on Tyler's like disposition this week is like, I think we all have talked about how we really love Tyler. Um, and I think he is someone that's worthy of people's love like he is a good guy he plays the game well but he just clearly bought into some of the peer pressure this week which the first alliance is always susceptible to that because it's always the you know the alphas basically like a lot of bullying goes on usually a lot of like shit talking and fighting for position yeah uh it turns out the the head alpha in this group is danny who has been you know Throw, slinging all the mud <laughs> throughout the house. Yeah, the Danny effect is real. That's exactly what I was going to say. So we'll see. I, I'm just curious how much that's going to stick. Yeah. 
Absolutely. So give him a B. I think that's fair. Um, let's move on to whose house is it anyway? The power ranking segment of the show. And Owen, take it away. I don't have my list up, so give me one second. Who's your number four? My number four, I have Franzel. Um, kind of based on nothing beyond the fact that she's in too good of a spot right now, and she's really well aligned with everyone that is consistently in power, and she's not offending anyone that isn't Janelle or Kaser. I've got nothing else to base that on. Number four, I I think there's a very clear top three, and number four could have gone anywhere. I like it. Brennan, you got next? Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with Ian. He's Ooh, uh, nice pick. I like that. The reason I've got Ian at number four this week, uh, and I struggle with this power ranking, to be honest, because without knowing who the HOH is going to be, I have really no grasp on where the power is going to go. Um, so I think feel like I have to project ahead a little bit because I think we've talked about a lot. It seems like a few of the people who are in power early on might have sunk their game pretty quickly here. Uh, But Ian, he's playing the game the way that we've talked about a lot. And I think a lot of people have mentioned when they go on the show now seems to be the most effective, which is lay low for five weeks. Um, be around, be someone that people like, uh, maybe talk a little game here and there, get some final twos and whatnot, which he's done. Um, but don't like raise any alarms by winning competitions or anything like that and making people think they have to get you out of the house. And, you know, we know he's won the game before, so he's clearly someone who could hit his stride after that five weeks. So I think putting him at four works uh, about as well as I could hope with the HOH being the major like unknown this week more so than other weeks. Some weeks it's like, well, this is really where the power is regardless of who wins at HOH, but I don't really know where things are going to shake out, but I think Ian's in a great spot. I like that pick a lot. He didn't make my list, but I think he might be in the near future. Um, Four, I have the meow meow himself. Enzo. Um, I just feel like he's in an excellent spot. Uh, He, he seems to be in that nice position with like, all of the players who are in power in the house. Uh, we'll see if he's like one of those players who's associated in the right ways at the beginning, but then sort of gets, you know, left behind as the game advances. But right now I think he's in a nice spot. I think um, he's really shown well in competitions. He's been frankly a comp beast for one of the older guys. Um, so I'm impressed with that side of his game and I feel like he has really good relationships. So really nice spot for him. I'd say. Yeah, um, Ian and Enzo are two people I see as like they're in like the five to seven range for me because I don't see them as really having like power right now, but at the same time, they're not in bad positions. Yeah. So my number three, I have Tyler. Same. Because same. he is a power player, as we know. The only reason he's not one or two is because I think this HOH week did not help him at all. He's in a tough spot. He's in a tough spot, and he couldn't play this HOH. So if it goes poorly, I could see him being a target. If his alliance wins, he's fine. And and really by that, I mean like if like Cody or Enzo and maybe maybe Memphis, he's okay. Because who knows what will happen if like Danny wins or... 
Davon or Bailey because we don't even know if the six, six is going to like still be around be after thing, yeah. some of the inevitable drama based on Danny and Enzo's vote. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I think he's could be fine, sort of like Cody. Like we talked about how Co- we didn't think Cody's HOH was good, but it turned out like it didn't really like he didn't really ruffle ruffle any feathers. He made some friends and people just kind of forgot about it. That could happen to Tyler. Yeah, um, I, I don't have a ton to add, but I actually almost want to revise my my grade for his HOH because I don't know if we said this, but I was thinking about it this way going into the week. It was a huge opportunity for Tyler to assume control of that that alliance. Um, what would you say, the commission or the committee? The committee, <laughs> the committee. Um, and even the slick six. And I just don't think he did that. Um, so that's why he's three as opposed to two or one. We got an early viewing of Tyler of end of season Tyler because you mentioned how he was like kind of stressed and get more on edge than usual. That's how he was at the end of his season. And in that season, though, it was just because he couldn't sleep with um, what's Angela. Angela. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. That was like a main storyline that they would show us every like three episodes where it's like, oh, yeah. And like. Angela and Tyler really like each other and Tyler really wants to sleep with them. No, but for my one episode of BB6, I mean, they would have gone way deeper. Oh, yeah. oh, but it was just hilarious because it was like, oh, here's the segment where Tyler just goes, oh my God, I can't wait to get out of the house. That, back in the day, the producers would have been like, I don't know, have you thought about the bathroom? <laughs> Pretty much. Um, so number two for me, for Owen. Because we For all me, had the same number three. I have Cody. I have Cody at number two also. Someone else want to take the reins? I hate talking yes. about him. Um, so I I mean, like, I don't love Cody. I also don't hate him. I don't think it's... I don't think there's really any way to have much of an opinion on him. I know you hate him. Well, no, that... He is just so blatantly neutral That's for such I mean. a significant person in the game. It drives me crazy. But, like, that most... Is such a huge selling point in terms of, like, being long-term... Good. Yeah, oh, I know. But like, I know. Owen's like, I hate him because he's neutral. Most people would be like, well, he's neutral, so I don't have an opinion no, either way. But I, when I watch TV, I actually want to be entertained. Oh, well, me too. I'm not like, I'm saying I'm not a huge fan of his game, but it's undoubtedly a good game. He's clearly a, a comp beast. <laughs> Hand up. <laughs> um, and like, for example, we talked about that POV. It was the easiest POV ever, and he clearly was like, yeah, this is the easiest POV ever, and just won without any issue. Basically, if Cody was more of a performer, I would have no issue with him, <laughs> but he's not. Are and you not entertained? Owen I'm not, not. No. <laughs> um, and, I mean, like, it almost seems like if Danny's the brain or whatever, like, doesn't it almost seem like Cody's like the mouth of the alliance? Everyone seems to go to him. I mean, I have some, I have things I want to say about Cody, but I'm waiting. But am I wrong? Like, <laughs> no, you're absolutely it's right. Like Tyler's like, my it's like Tyler's like the brawn. Cody's the mouth and Danny's the brain of this alliance that the alliance that I can't wrap my head around because it changes every week. Yeah. In a way, I, I think you're totally right. And, 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 uh, and Enzo's the, I don't know. I was going to make a the joke. Meow meow. The meow meow. <laughs> I was going to make a joke. And I was like, I don't know. What is Enzo? <laughs> He's the cat man. I don't know. <laughs> um, all right. So my number two is Danny. Um, we've talked about how she's been behind everything. Uh, she's sort of like the shadowy figure uh, pulling the strings. And 
obviously you have to put her high because the game's going according to her whims and like what she wants. Um, I don't totally agree with the strategy long term. Uh, and I think that it'll make her a bigger target um, potentially sooner. Um, and that, that could be an issue for her. So I am, as I always tend to do, baking at least a little bit of projection into this. Um, still a great place to be. She's doing a good job. I've had her in my power rankings every week, even from the beginning, just based on gut. Uh, she's absolutely savvy. I haven't loved watching it, but it's undeniably uh, effective for her right now. Undeniable. Uh, now, Danny's my number one. Same. I assume Brennan's number one. I think Danny is classic, even though I don't love the snake game that she's playing. She's classic. I wish she was playing for my team. No. Oh, yeah. I, I could see that. See, I I actually like hate the way she's playing, and I think she's doomed. But she right now, she's running everything, and no one's pointing fingers at her, except for like what you said on the live feed. So it's like you have to put her at number one. She's clearly playing the best game right now. I just can't imagine a scenario where it works. Uh, yeah, and that's why she's number two for me. So I have Cody number one. Um, that's fair. Someone has to take out Tyler and or Cody for her game to work. Yes. Correct, yeah. So like she has to beat one of them in a competition pretty much. Exactly. So here's where my projection comes in. Cody's building his resume. Cody has great relationships with everybody. Cody, I think what you were hitting at, Brennan, is exactly something I was going to say as the quote-unquote mouth of the alliance, I feel like everything kind of goes through him. Um, even though weird. Even though it's at Dan, maybe Danny is like kind of pushing the agenda. He, he is like a necessary step in making a group decision. Like you need to go to Cody and his, his opinion is very uh, like valid um, and probably the most important. I wonder if he's like the swing vote in the alliance and that's why like when we see the edit of the show, it seems like he's like the mouthpiece of the alliance. I, I think he's kind of an unspoken leader to be honest with you. Yeah. It's and, possible. and, and I did not like him coming into the season. I've been extremely impressed. Same. He's playing a, a less uh, charismatic version of Tyler's game. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's been pretty, pretty awesome to watch just in terms of like big brother skill. I've been impressed. Respect. Retoo packed. Uh, exactly. Brendan, you said maybe the best thing during our viewing of who would have expected evil Dick's daughter to become this like yuppie Instagram model who like kills our favorites. Yeah, (laughs) it is weird because I mean, we talked about night one, like Danny's one of my favorite big brother players ever along with Janelle. And then it just became clear almost immediately that Dan Danielle does not, is not going to play the season the way, a way that like, I like, or I think, I think a lot of big brother fans probably don't like the way she's playing. Yep. And Janelle was going to play the way that we all like to see big brother played. So, I mean, uh, I don't know. I mean, people change and times change. They're all a lot older now, um, than they were back then. And the game has just drastically moved to in another direction. And it does seem like her way could work in this new way. I just think that eventually they'll compare notes and she'll be, you know, for sure. For. One last thing with uh, we saw Janelle's just horrible trust in Memphis. She also had that trust in Danny. Mm-hmm. She would go to Danny and like talk about how long they've known each other and shit like that. Yeah, we, we did not harp on that enough. And for the whatever reason, fatal flaw of 
Janelle's game was trusting Memphis, and it's kind of sad. And apparently Danny, which makes no sense to me because Danny like seemingly hates Janelle. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think as as much as she's like really nasty in the DRs, like I feel like Danny is a good social player within the house. <laughs> Someone on uh, Big Brother Twitter made a bingo board for reasons why Danielle is mad at Janelle. And it was hilarious. There were a lot of squares. <laughs> and like one of them was like, Janelle put on a bikini or Janelle like took too long to make dinner or something like that. It was like, apparently like it was very contentious in the house. Like if you were watching the Yikes. feeds. So uh, it, yeah, I mean, it is surprising, but with that, uh, do you guys have any closing thoughts? No, I mean, I'm really hopeful for a better week. Yeah. I mean, Gaser looked like he was doing well in that HOH. I have he to did. start. I have to start looking for like. Obviously, I'm rooting for Kaser. I'm rooting for Bailey and Devon, and I'm worried that they're just going to get like picked off one by one. I know. Yeah. So I need to figure out like who, who's my horse. In for, the race. for me, it's Tyler. Same. But like, even though I don't like yeah. you know who he's associated with, but uh, for me, it's Tyler at Christmas actually. But you know, Christmas. Uh, oh. I, I'm kind of a little bit rooting for Ian right now, too. There you go. So, yeah, I mean, that's the thing with the All-Star seasons. I think you can find things to get behind. I I really I'm not putting it past us to have Danny's game grow on us. Well, if it continues to be effective. Yeah. Then all of a sudden it's going to be less, you know, being offended by the game and more being like an admiration of it. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Uh, Especially if she gets some of the people who she's like really throwing under the bus out of the house before jury which run out of time. Exactly. All right. So please rate review and subscribe to the podcast. Please follow uh, at pod of veto on Twitter uh, to get Owen's while Owen is going through a deep depression, just scroll doom scrolling through big brother Twitter every week. He's picking out the most important points from the live feeds um, and maybe like little anecdotes that aren't necessarily spoilers of the show and retweeting them, quote tweeting, whatnot. And then we've also got uh, some great memes sometimes. <laughs> um, so uh, with that, we will see you on Monday morning to discuss Sunday's Big Brother episode. Good night, house guests. <laughs>